Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Angelo Belly. Say hello to the people, Angelo. Hello, everyone. And today welcome. we are back for another special edition of the podcast. What episode number is this, Angelo? Uh, I believe it is episode number 10, special episode that we have planned for today. That's right, we're on our... Um, uh, we're on our, um, we are on to doing, uh, a special fantasy booking edition of the podcast. Uh, Angelo and I have been working hard for a while now. Um, I'm booking a W, the WWE championship, uh, and where it will go, uh, going forward. So we're going to talk about from right now where we stand just a couple days before, a couple weeks before Clash of Champions 2020. And all the way through WrestleMania 37 next April. So a solid seven months of booking. Angelo, uh, anything special about yours that you'd like to tease before we start? Uh, so just a quick spoiler. Uh, or a tease, I guess. Um, I have someone who's going to return at the Rumble and eventually possibly win the whole thing and go to WrestleMania. Well, I uh, I like the sound of that. I'm always big on Rumble surprises. Mine's not going to have as many surprises. It's going to be more of just a unique uh, route on the way the booking has gone kind of so far. Um, I've done a lot to uh, diversify what I've got going on and uh, kind of play with the current storylines and incorporate them going forward through, uh, through WrestleMania. So anything else you'd like to add before we get into it? Uh, no, I think we're actually... Uh probably going to be all set. Can't wait to hear what you have, and I'm sure you can't wait to hear what I have. I'm excited, man. We've been working hard. Alright, so we're going to do this in this manner. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to run through my fantasy booking entirely, and then Angelo's going to go and do his. And we're going to kind of react to the other person's. Uh, We've only given each other a little bit of a tease of what's been going on before we started recording, so this is going to be pretty new to both of us. So, uh, we're going to start with Clash of Champions 2020. The way that I did it was not a lot of in-between on the Raws and and uh, and, the, and the segments, but more of the big st- overall story that's going to lead pay-per-view to pay-per-view and the premises that go with it. Um, so, we're going to start, obviously, Randy Orton versus um, Drew McIntyre has been confirmed for Clash of Champions um, for this year. And... And so I'm going to go right into that. So no build-up. We're just going to get there. Whatever happens, happens. We're going to start there. And right off the bat, Randy Orton is going to beat Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at Clash of Champions 2020. In my eyes, that is the best way to go. Randy has been so hot with his gimmick this year. You do not want to waste this opportunity. Drew has been a great champion, don't get me wrong, but he's going to have the opportunity to win so many more world titles over the next few years that I do think that it would be... Uh, totally fine for him to lose it at this point to a guy as hot as Randy Orton. Also on the same card, and this is important to later, late, uh, on the Clash of Champions card, Dominic Mysterio and Keith Lee, who is going to take the place of the currently injured Rey Mysterio, will once again face Seth Rollins and Murphy in a tag team match. Now the importance of this is that Murphy and Rollins are going to lose again. This time, Rollins is going to get pinned instead of Murphy, and Murphy is going to walk away from Rollins. And this is going to further deteriorate the relationship that we've been seeing between Rollins and Murphy. It's been starting to tease in the last week or so that they're going to break up. And the rumors that Rollins is going to kind of take some time off when his his child is born later this year. 
Uh, and so I, I, I'm going to play into that. But, um, so yeah, I, I think that, I think that with what we've got here is going to provide a solid foundation. So we're going to go for the next month or so on Raw between Clash of Champions and Hell in a Cell, which takes place in October. Drew McIntyre is going to be a ticked off SOB. He is going to walk in every single week and he is going to fight every single person that gets in his way. If Raw Underground is still a thing, I think the first step is for him to go on there and just obliterate some jobbers. Then he's going to come through on Raw. He's going to take out guys like, I think, Dolph Ziggler, Andrade, Angel Garza. Just absolutely destroy them. Give them no chance. And then on the last, the go-home show, he's going to he's gonna get his rematch at Hell in a Cell in the Hell in a Cell match. And on the go-home show for that pay-per-view, he's going to claim more Randy Orton three straight times in the head. Just take him out. So we get to Hell in a Cell. As I said, a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE title. Randy Orton defending against Drew McIntyre. This booking decision is important because it's going to lead into McIntyre's future and as well as the direction of the championship. Randy Orton is going to retain because of interference from the group that you and I both hate, Angelo, Retribution. Angelo, what is your opinion on Retribution to kind of, you know, just take a quick interlude? My opinion is, uh, I think that right now they look like they're very dominant. But at the same time, it's just the way that they're doing stuff, it just like ticks me off so much because they're just attacking and leaving. I mean, we have yet to see who are behind the masks. So, um, I mean, the, the suspense is really like what gets me. The suspense, and I'm losing suspense, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but my booking is actually going to make them kind of important and we're going to actually learn who some of these guys are. So, Orton retains the title, McIntyre loses because of Retribution. There's no alliance between Orton and Retribution. The, the fact of the matter is that they want to take out McIntyre, and Orton is the one reaping the benefits right here, right now. But there's no alliance. Also, important, on the card, lower on the show, uh, a fatal four-way number one contenders match for the WWE Championship. Seth Rollins will face Keith Lee, Dominic Mysterio, and his disciple Murphy in a fatal four-way match. Keith Lee is going to win by pinning... Seth Rollins. Uh, after the match, Rollins is arguing with Murphy because he had a, he had thought that him and Murphy had gotten back on the same page. There was going to be teasing of them actually getting back on the same page. And then Murphy just, Murphy doesn't help Rollins. And so they split up. The next night on Raw, Murphy and Rollins get into a huge fight. I want, and I'm going to I'm gonna tell you right now, I think Buddy Murphy should just obliterate Rollins. Take him out with kendo sticks, chairs, whatever you can get. Take him down. And make, make Murphy this huge, like, monster baby face. That's, to me, uh, the best way to do it. Um, um, so, yeah. Uh, Keith Lee wins the number one contenders match. And becomes... the He'll face Randy Orton after Survivor Series. So, that's the thing, is that... Um, the match is not going to happen right away. Keith Lee is going to end up facing Randy Orton in the future... But right now, Raw is intent on being on the same page for the brand warfare of Survivor Series. Keith Lee is going to be named the team captain for Monday Night Raw because of his success in the first few months, while Randy Orton is booked to face Roman Reigns and my really hopeful to be NXT champion uh, Finn Balor in a triple threat match. Orton, Balor, and Reigns, I would pay good money to watch those guys wrestle on any given day. Uh, so the, pro the thing is going to be that Orton and, and Lee continue to cut promos and have segments with each other that build up to their eventual match, but also show their disdain for each other and the fact that they don't want to work together. In fact, on one episode of Raw, I'm going to want to see 
Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, come in for an invasion port, uh, angle, which we all know is going to happen with Survivor Series, as it does every year the last few years. And Orton and Lee will be begrudgingly forced to team together to face Nakamura and Cesaro. They will win, but it will be, again, very begrudgingly because, you know, these guys are going to face off for the title in just a couple of weeks. So we get to Survivor Series, and remember, Drew McIntyre has been on a warpath trying to figure out who these members of Retribution are. We've already seen the little seeds planted for that in uh, real life a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, right before SummerSlam. Um, but I see McIntyre. He, he's going to try and find out, but he has to divert his attention because Keith Lee picked him to be the first member of his team. And McIntyre said, I'll do it because you're my friend. And so Team Raw is Keith Lee, uh, Drew McIntyre, Dominic Mysterio, Murphy, and Apollo Crews. So what will happen is Murphy, Mysterio, and Lee will be your sole survivors. These are three young guys who you're trying to build up, and I want them to be your sole survivors. Team Raw wins the match this year. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping for a really solid showing from both NXT and SmackDown. That match has a lot of potential every year if you put the right names in there. Uh, what happens, though, again, is Retribution uh, causes McIntyre to be eliminated. They take him out of the ring, and, they, and when the referee is turned around, McIntyre gets counted out, and... He's eliminated because of retribution. So now they've cost McIntyre a second time in the in two straight months. So we're going to fast forward to TLC now. Again, I'm not really covering a lot of the in-between. But we're going to get to TLC. And uh, Keith Lee gets his title shot. He'll face Randy Orton in a tables, ladders, and chairs match for the WWE Championship. If I'm booking this match, it's got to be at least 20-30 minutes. They've got to have time to go. Let these two guys who are so good at what they do just go to that ring and kill it. Tables, ladders, chair spots, whatever you want to do. We Randy's a mastermind. He can put together a great match, and Lee's no slouch. They'll have a fantastic match in there. And I want Keith Lee to look so good, so strong, but he's not going to win the title just yet. He's going to get to the top of the ladder, have his hands on the championship, and Randy Orton's going to pull him off into an RKO, and at the very last second, he's going to pull down his championship, and he's going to retain but he barely survives with his title. So now we're going to fast forward. We're on the road to the Royal Rumble, and the Royal Rumble is obviously your start to the road to WrestleMania. So on the way to the Royal Rumble, there needs to be a, a battle royal to determine the new number one contender for the WWE title. Orton's beaten McIntyre. He's beaten Keith Lee. Who's next for the championship? You can have whoever you want to be in the match, but the man I'm going to pick to win the battle royal might surprise everybody. The winner of the Battle Royal and the number one contender for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble for me is going to be Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio gets to enter into his first singles feud for the WWE Championship. And so this is going to be, Rey Mysterio is going to be giving him advice. He's going to be telling him, listen, I've been in the ring with Randy a million times. This is what he's capable of. He's tried to use our family name against us and all the stuff that, you know, there's plenty of history between Rey and Orton. And with Rey being injured, hopefully you can still use him in this storyline productively to make Dominic still, he's trying to settle into his role in the main roster and on Raw. And so the uh, Royal Rumble is going to be a big deal. Uh, the Royal Rumble match. Uh, Murphy, Keith Lee, and Drew McIntyre are your three big entry names from Monday Night Raw. They're your three favorites because you've been building them up for weeks now and months now. They're your three picks, your three big names in the match. So, we go to the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's going to be Randy Orton versus Dominic Mysterio. Dominic puts up a hell of a fight, but he's not right. He's not ready yet. He doesn't need the WWE title. He's not at that level. Randy Orton wins after a good match. After the match, Randy Orton... Uh, Rey Mysterio comes in to check on his son 
Randy RKO's Ray. And now Ray's down. Dominic's down. He's setting Ray up for a punt kick. Now remember, Orton's with this legend killer gimmick, and Mysterio most definitely is a legend in the business. He's trying to take out another legend with the punt by trying to take out Ray Mysterio while Dominic is, you know, down and out and not able to protect his father who's already injured. This isn't where a big return on my end is going to come in. Because before Orton can punt Mysterio, say hello to the return of the rated R superstar, Edge. Edge comes in, he spears Orton from out of nowhere, and he just unloads with rights and lefts and chair shots and puts him through the announce table with a big spear. Edge takes out Orton. Orton is down. He says the legend killer gimmick is going to stop as long as there's still breath left in his body. Edge, hopefully by then, will be recovered from the torn tricep he suffered back at Backlash. Obviously, working around injuries and fantasy booking is tough, but that's what I'm going with. Now we move on to the Men's Royal Rumble match, and obviously this is a very, very big deal, and there's a lot of moving parts to this. So, Buddy Murphy is going to enter at number one for me. I want Murphy to enter at number one. He's going to last to the very, very end. He's going to get down to the very end, and he's gonna. it's going to be in the final six. Buddy Murphy is going to get eliminated later on by the surprise return of number 30, the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. So Rollins was taken out by Murphy in October with the vicious assault, which writes him off of TV to work with, you know, to let him have the birth of his son, which he's due in September, and, uh, and sorry, in December. So Rollins gets to be with the baby when he's born. Rollins returns to action, and his first target is his former disciple, Buddy Murphy. Rollins eliminates an exhausted Murphy who's been in there an hour, takes out Murphy. Uh, the final four are Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Keith Lee, and the fiend from SmackDown, Bray Wyatt. There's your final four. Here is where we're going to get interesting. So the Fiend is going to start taking down Lee, McIntyre, Rollins. All three guys are down in the ring, and, and the Fiend looks like he's about to eliminate everybody, and he's going to look like he's going to win the Royal Rumble match. When all of a sudden, from behind, he's hit with a spear from the big dog and the universal champion, Roman Reigns. Reigns eliminates the Fiend from the Royal Rumble match because Roman knows that if the Fiend wins, he would pick Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. So there's a lot of working parts to my WWE Championship booking because there's so many other aspects that are kind of playing around in the subplot. So Reigns eliminates The Fiend, and now you have three Raw guys left. McIntyre, Rollins, and Keith Lee. Uh, at this point, Dominic Dijakovic has been revealed as the leader of Retribution in McIntyre's uh, attempts to unmask all the members. At this point, Retribution, once again, for the third time now, is going to cost McIntyre. They will eliminate McIntyre from the match. So there's shenanigans going on. Typically, I don't like shenanigans in the Royal Rumble match. However, this particular time, I'm saying that we need it because there's, gonna, there's just so much. You want unpredictability. And the unpredictability comes from the chaos. And if you're really going to try and do something, that's what you do. So Roman eliminates The Fiend. It's a cheap elimination, but it builds to them having a match at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre gets eliminated by Retribution, and it's going to build to something for McIntyre down the line. So you're down to Seth Rollins and Keith Lee. Those two guys have some history. It's been booked up, built up for a while now. Match ends. Keith Lee eliminates Seth Rollins. Keith Lee is the winner of the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match. And that is a big decision in my book, because with Lee, you've just made him a star. He's been booked properly so far on the main roster, and he's won the Royal Rumble. He's going to main event WrestleMania. All right, so we're going to move to 
the road to WrestleMania. Keith Lee picks the WWE Championship, and he says, I don't care who the champion is, I'm going to win that title at WrestleMania, and he has to. He says, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Randy Orton, who's still the champion, is booked in an Elimination Chamber match to defend the title at the next pay-per-view. The Elimination Chamber match is as follows. It features the defending champion, Randy Orton, who has to start the match with the rated-R superstar Edge. Edge and Orton start the match as the first two guys in there. While in the pods, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, and Dominic Mysterio. So those are the four guys locked in the pods. Edge and Orton start the match. Edge eliminates Randy Orton within the first five minutes. No one enters the match. Orton's eliminated. Edge takes him out, and Orton is furious, but he is forced to leave the chamber. He has lost the championship, and it's at the hands of the man who he thought he took out once and for all almost a year before in Edge. Match continues, and they have a huge... Huge, uh, you know, match. These five other guys who are all capable of putting on an amazing match. The winner, last eliminating Buddy Murphy, is Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins regains the WWE Championship by pinning his former disciple Murphy to end the match. Murphy looked like he was about to win his first world championship. And, you know, it's a huge moment for this kid. And Murphy just misses and this is how you're going to build Murphy into a star because he's going to have some star making performances and hopefully in the future can win himself a championship fast forward to Fastlane Fastlane's the last stop on the road to Wrestlemania in early March you're going to have a couple of huge matches you're going to have one huge match and there's going to be the furthering of some other stuff for this one there's going to be some uh, segments and other matches that you can really play with and I really didn't go into much detail on them but they're going to work whichever way you want them to the, uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio are going to start off a feud with the, uh, the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. That's going to lead to a United States Championship match at WrestleMania, and so something has to happen at Fastlane that's going to start that build. I don't know exactly what you can do there, and I really it's not important to the overall story of the WWE title, which is what this booking is about, so that's going to happen on the show. Also on that show, Drew McIntyre is going to challenge Dominic Dijakovic to a match at WrestleMania. And the match stipulation is going to be that if McIntyre beats Dijakovic at WrestleMania, that Retribution must disband. And Dominic Dijakovic accepts, but Retribution lays out McIntyre. So McIntyre once again is taken out by Retribution. He has had no success outside of unmasking the members of the group. By this point, all members are unmasked. We know who everybody is. I don't really care who it is. You see where I'm going with this, hopefully. And I'm trying to end it as fast as I can when it comes to Retribution. Orton and Edge get into a massive brawl. They were booked to have a match at Fastlane, but the match never starts. Those two guys just brawl through the entire locker room, the entire arena, and, the ma- and it ends with both men going flying off the stage into a pile of tech- pyrotechnics and, and fire and whatever you want to do. They're both carted out on stretchers. That's going to lead to a match at WrestleMania as well, and I'll get to that in a moment. The main event of Fastlane is for the WWE Championship. Keith Lee is at ringside because he's going to face the winner of this match at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins is going to defend the new championship he just won against his former disciple, Buddy Murphy, one-on-one in the main event of Fastlane. Again, 25-30 minutes. Let them go. These two guys can do it. You know it. We all know it. 25 minutes. Let them kill it. Rollins is going to win by the skin of his teeth. Murphy, again, has made himself a star by his performance in the chamber and then again here against um, Seth Rollins. And so, WrestleMania is set. Seth Rollins, who is the last man eliminated in the Royal Rumble match, 
will defend the title against the man who eliminated him, Keith Lee. And so here's WrestleMania. The lower card, Drew McIntyre versus Dominic Dijakovic. McIntyre wins, and you end this godforsaken retribution stuff. And that's the end of that. No, sorry. I'm, I hate retribution. I think that this gimmick is stupid. They had me for a couple of seconds, and they've ruined it. So I'm trying to make the most out of it, but end it as soon as I can. End it at WrestleMania with a, with a good match that I'm sure could come from McIntyre versus Dijakovic. Let them have some time. They'll do just fine. Also, on the card, uh, I mentioned The Fiend and, and Roman Reigns. They'll have their match. There'll be plenty of other stuff that I'm not, you know, I didn't book the whole show. But the United States title will be on the line. We're trying to wrap up. There's been a lot of moving characters throughout this. And if you notice, it's been the same basic characters and superstars throughout this whole premise. Because Raw and the WWE title scene is going to be surrounded by these same guys who are all hungry and all striving for that title. You know, and, and so uh, I want to kind of wrap up their story. Dominic Mysterio has a United States Championship match against Bobby Lashley, and Mysterio gets his moment. Dominic Mysterio beats Bobby Lashley, the ultimate underdog story. M Mysterio is the United States Champion. He celebrates with his father at an emotional moment on the grandest stage of them all. Dominic Mysterio wins his first title in WWE, and that, my friends, is what happens there. Move on up. Uh, Randy Orton versus Edge in an I Quit match. This is the end to their story. They've been going at it for over a year at this point. I'm going to let them have one more blow-off match, an I-quit match, let them go, let them have 20-25 minutes, have a very good match, let Edge win, put the end to this. It's a it's a nice bow to the Legend Killer gimmick because it comes full circle after a year. And yeah, so Randy Orton and Edge have an I-quit match, Edge wins. And then Edge can move into bigger and better things with new superstars, which is what we've wanted to see since he came back. And then in the main event, for the WWE Championship, Seth Rollins defends the title against the limitless Keith Lee. Keith Lee gets his moment. Keith Lee beats Seth Rollins and wins the WWE Championship. And WrestleMania goes off the air with the limitless one, Keith Lee, standing tall as your new WWE Champion. So there you have it. You start a Clash of Champions with McIntyre dropping the title to Randy Orton. Orton has his run. He holds it all the way through the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in February. So from September to February is a very lengthy reign. In that time frame, he beats McIntyre. He beats uh, Keith Lee. He beats Dominic Mysterio. Has some very good matches. He ends up going on to lose the title in the uh, really surprising fashion in the Elimination Chamber. Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy get to put a nice bow on their story. After Rollins takes his hiatus, Murphy gets to be looking like a star because he's now gone from being the disciple and the afterthought to being the main attraction and, you know, almost winning the WWE title on two separate occasions. And Keith Lee eventually gets his moment in the sun at WrestleMania, being the WWE champion, winning the main event, getting a nice moment. Um, and that provides you with the launching point for what can go on in the following year. With Keith Lee as the champion, there's a lot that you can do. Guys like Bobby Lashley can move back into the world title scene. Dominic Dijakovic can move into the world title scene. I would love to see Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre go at it for the WWE Championship. Edge and Keith Lee. There's so much that you can do beyond that. Buddy Murphy, I think that in the following year, would win the world title at some point. There's so much that you can do with the stars that you create from my perspective of this booking. And I hope that it makes a little bit of an int intriguing thought going forward. And, uh, yeah. So, that's my booking for uh, 
the WWE Championship from right here, right now in early September 2020 through WrestleMania 37 in April of 2021. Angelo, reactions and thoughts on my booking. Okay, so, um, honestly, I thought even though it was, I don't want to say it was very simple, but you kept it simple. You had very few superstars that you worked with. But somehow you made them so important into the story that it just, like, elevated every single uh, pay-per-view. That's the thing I like about your booking is how, how simple you kept it, but you made it exciting. Mine isn't as simple. I have a few, you know, different things that I worked with. So, I mean, yours yours was, like, really, really good. I knew I knew it was going to be good right off the bat, but damn. I just wanted, I just wanted to... <laughs> that was, that just, was a great way to end it with Keith Lee holding yeah, the title you. up. At me. I just wanted, like, the thing WWE has failed to do in recent years is create new stars, and it's something that I just don't like. So if you've got the most important championship in the wrestling world on your show, and it's being held by at this moment in time as we speak by Drew McIntyre, who's a fantastic champion, right. I think that you need to do it justice and keep elevating it more and more and more as you go. And the way that you do that is by making the guys who compete for it seem like they belong. You know, you've got some hard-hitting action. You've got some high-flying action. You've got some underdog action. Guys like Murphy and Dominic Mysterio, young guys who really do deserve one day to be world champion, having their opportunity to shine in the main event spotlight, even if it's just briefly for right, right now, to elevate them to future heights. While a guy like Keith Lee, who's already on a meteoric rise to the top, gets to be made a star by the likes of Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. He shares the ring with legends in this business and makes himself look like a star. He wins the Royal Rumble. He wins the main event of WrestleMania. He wins the WWE title. You've created a bona fide star to be on the same level as a guy like Randy Orton and Edge. And then you can, when those guys finally decide to hang it up, guys like Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee and Dominic Mysterio and Buddy Murphy are going to be the new stars that you can run with. Even Dominic Dijakovic, who, I mean, kind of gets the short end of the stick in the booking that I did because he has one match that's of, of importance and he loses, but still, the build-up to it is huge. And then what you can do from here, in my eyes, is just, it, it can change a lot of things. So that's me. I'm going to let you go into yours, Angela. What do you got for us with your booking? All right, so much like you, I started off right off the bat, Clash of Champions. Randy Orton wins the WWE Championship for McIntyre. After an RKO and two punches to the head, Drew is sidelined for a month. I'm just doing it that way. Next night on Raw, Orton is cutting a promo on how he is the best in the ring and how nobody can touch him. Keith Lee's music hits. Randy Orton says that Lee must be attracted to him because he can't leave him alone after his big win over Orton at Payback. Lee cuts a promo saying that Orton isn't invincible because Lee beat him on his first pay-per-view on the main roster. Lee then lays down the challenge for the next uh, pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, for the world title in a Hell in a Cell match. Lee says that he is confident that he could beat Orton once again. Orton laughs and hits Lee with an RKO and says, challenge accepted. Uh, mind games go on between the two during their respective matches throughout the next few weeks. On the last Raw before Hell in a Cell, Lee and Orton signed the contract to make the match official. After signing, Orton attempts an RKO. Lee counters with the spirit bomb through the table. Uh, we go on to Hell in a Cell. Lee and Orton battling in a insane match. I'm going to say probably like a 20-25 minute match. Uh, 
Both men have taken a toll, and you can definitely see it. Lee goes to hit Orton with a spirit bomb for the third time in the match. Orton counters and hits Lee with a second RKO in the match and punts him to retain the title. Uh, the next night on Raw, Orton cuts a promo on how he beat Lee, and Lee best in Orton's glory. Keith Lee comes out to congratulate Orton on his win. Orton accepts and RKO's Lee again. He goes for the punt, and a masked man comes from behind and hits a Future Shock DDT. The man reveals himself as Drew McIntyre. McIntyre cuts a promo saying he wants his title back, but is impatient and demands his rematch that night. Uh, after meeting with Shane McMahon, the match is official, and the main event is Orton versus McIntyre. Orton and McIntyre fight each other like it's a war. At the end of the match, Drew goes to hit a Claymore. Orton dodges and hits an RKO for a two-count. Orton is uh, frustrated. He picks up McIntyre to hit another RKO. Drew is on his knees, and Orton hits the punt to retain the title. Uh, fast forward now to Crown Jewel. Um, you and I have talked about this uh, before we even recorded, and uh, much like you, I think I think that Crown Jewel most likely won't happen because of the current situation, but if it does, this is the way that I would see it possibly happening, is Orton doesn't have a challenger since he beat Drew, so he decides he wants the night off. McMahon, uh, Mr. McMahon comes out and says, Randy, 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 you're not going anywhere until you defend that title right now. So Orton says that there are no challengers, but out comes someone like Dolph Ziggler, saying that he wants to hold that title again. Uh, McMahon makes it official and the bell rings. Ziggler thinks he has the upper hand since Orton wasn't prepared to face him, but after a few takedowns and too much taunting, Orton capitalizes and hits a vicious RKO for the three count. Um, fast forward to the next pay-per-view Survivor Series. During the brand supremacy match between Orton, I'm going to put uh, Baylor as the NXT champion and Reigns. Baylor is down on the outside after a vicious spear by Reigns. Reigns and Orton are fighting in the ring. Reigns goes for a spear but hits the referee. Lights go out, come back on. Reigns is down. Orton is standing. Another ref rushes down to the ramp and hits the three count. Randy Orton is proven to be the superior champion. Uh, next night on Raw... Randy Orton is talking about how he is the best champion in the world and how he is superior to uh, how he is the superior champion in WWE. Mid promo, he is interrupted by Kevin Owens. Owens says that he held the Universal Title before and held it to a high standard. He says that even even though he held it, it wasn't the Universal uh, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So he said he wants to challenge Orton next and see if he could take out. Uh, Kevin Owens in a TLC match. Orton accepts the challenge and leaves the ring. Aleister Black enters and hits Kevin Owens with the black mask, smiling at Orton, who's on the ramp. Uh, for the next few weeks, uh, mind games go on between the two men during the matches. The last row before TLC, Orton, Garza, and Andrade are in a main event against uh, Kevin Owens and the Street Profits. Mid-match, all six men are down following a sequence of moves on each other. Orin and Owens are the legal men, and both slowly, uh, they take their time to get up. This way they can, you know, put an end to the match right away. Orton goes for an RKO, but Kevin Owens counters with a stunner for the win. As Kevin Owens and the Street Profits celebrate, Andrade and Garza attack the three men from behind along with Orton. Uh, Andrade and Garza lay out Dawkins and Ford on the outside and, uh, help Orton finish off Owens. Andrade uh, slides out of the ring and grabs chairs for Orton, Garza, and himself to use on Kevin Owens. They hit Owens with multiple chair shots, and Orton ends with an RKO on the pile of chairs. 
uh, TLC, Kevin Owens uh, takes control of Orton for basically the whole entire match. Owens uh, performed three pop-up power bombs, one of them being on a table, and then a package pile driver onto the steel onto a stack of chairs. As Owens climbs the ladder, the lights go out. Alistair Black appears and pushes KO off the ladder onto the outside, crashing through four tables. Orton gets up, ascends the ladder, and holds the title up for the win. Uh, next night on Raw, Orton celebrates his huge win, but is interrupted by flickering lights. The lights go out, back on. Alistair Black is now in the ring, standing over uh, down Orton, holding up the title. Alistair makes his attentions clear that he wants a shot at the title next pay-per-view at the Royal Rumble. So, Freddie, really quick, like what do you think about the I way like that I had Aleister Black attack Owens again so, and then coming back yeah, on Raw the next night? It's it's actually it's actually interesting because it's like Black's new character seems like he's going to be a guy who just does whatever he wants. You know, he's going right. to kick guys in the face if he has to, and it makes him it makes Orton almost think like, yeah, he's on my side, and then all of a sudden. It's just like no, I just want to take. I want to be the one to take the title off you. I hate Kevin Owens, but I hate you even more. And I really like that. That's, you know, I didn't even think about guys like Owens and, and Black when I was talking about my my potential booking. But I, I like that concept. I like that a lot. I'm excited to Thank see you. where it goes from here. So, um, another side note: a few weeks pass by, and Black plays mind games with Orton by interfering in his matches, or just plain out attacking him after his matches. Uh, the last were. Uh, before the Rumble, Aleister Black is fighting Kevin Owens, and mid-match, Orton comes out and attacks Owens, causing Black to get disqualified, walks up to the ramp. Black is furious and yells at Orton, I'm taking that title on Sunday, I'll be the new champ. Uh, fast forward to Royal Rumble, the next pay-per-view. Uh, the Royal Rumble match takes place. Entrant number 13 is getting ready to come out, and you can hear the fans count down 3 2 one Nexus's old entrance theme hits. The announcers are in shock. Wade Michael Cole shouts, Oh my god, it's Wade Barrett. It's Wade He's back Barrett. at the Royal Rumble. I love that. <laughs> Wade Barrett. The Barrett Barrage. The Bullhammer. I'm afraid I got some bad news. news. Alright, I'm sorry. So, Continue. <laughs> so he makes his return at the Rumble. Barrett goes through the whole Rumble and last eliminates Edge to win the Rumble and claim his shot at the world title at the Show of Shows, WrestleMania. Wade Barrett winning the Royal Rumble match. Yes. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. If I could have picked any uh, any guy on the roster to win that match, probably wouldn't have been him. I like the intrigue. Yes, thank you. Uh, so he wins the Rumble after eliminating Edge. The main event takes place after a few matches, and it's Orton versus Black. This match is fast-paced and very hard-hitting. Orton gains the upper hand mid-match following a rope-hung DDT. After a sequence from Black, Orton kicks out of a pin at two. They trade moves, and at the end, of, and at the end, Black misses the Black Mass, allowing Orton to counter with an RKO, followed by another RKO for the three-count. Uh, next uh, night on Raw, Randy Orton cuts a promo about how he is the best and how... Uh, the WWE has never had a star as big as him, but is quickly interrupted by Wade Barrett. Uh, he walks down and the f- uh, down to the ring, and the fans start to cheer. Wade enters the ring and says, Randy, listen, I know how great of a star you are, but you're not as good as you think you are. You see, I came back last night and won the Rumble from the 13th spot. 
Now I have a shot at that title on your shoulder. And come WrestleMania, I promise you, I'm going to take that title home with me and leave you on the wasteland. Randy laughs and points at the sign and says, I'll see you there, bring your A-game, and leaves the ring. A few weeks go by and Orin awaits his opponent for uh, Elimination Chamber. Two weeks before Elimination Chamber, Orin is uh, attacked by Black yet again. Black states that he wants another shot at the title, and he wants it in a steel cage match. This way, Orin can't escape and still go away. Orin is able to uh, back up and uh, to get back up and accepts the challenge. Elimination Chamber. Uh, Orton versus Black takes place in the main event. This is this time it's very different because Orton is in a cage. However, he is some somehow able to use it to his advantage. Towards the end of the match, Black is on the top and goes for a dive on Orton. Randy catches him in midair with an RKO and is able to cover for the three count. Uh, next night on Raw, Orton comes to cut a promo but says he doesn't care who his next opponent is and at Fastlane. It will be an open challenge for anyone to answer if they dare. Uh, Fastlane, Orin is in the, win- in the ring waiting for his opponent. Out comes Mojo Raleigh, of all people, Mojo. saying that he's been overlooked for far too long and he deserves a shot. Uh-huh. Orin calls him down to the ring. Bell rings. Mojo runs to Orin and gets RKO'd. Randy covers for the three count and retains the title. Don't say. On the last, <laughs> On the last row before Mania... Randy Orton and Wade Barrett are in the ring and sign the contract. After they sign, they shake hands, and Randy Orton hits an RKO, then leaves the ring. Um, we're at WrestleMania now. The match that everybody has been waiting for is Barrett versus Orton for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. This match is very emotional and very hard-hitting. It runs for about 20 to 25 minutes, I'd say. That should be enough time for, uh, for a decent match. Um... It's very. It's filled with a lot of counter after counter action. Finally, at the end, Randy goes for his fourth RKO in the match, but Barrett ducks and hits his third bull hammer of the night. Acts like he's going for the cover. Hits Orton for the waist uh, for the waistline slam for the win. One, two, three. New champion crowned WrestleMania thirty-seven. Well, I will say this: I did not expect. Some of those guys, man. <laughs> uh, wait, the Wade Barrett one I really do like. I, I like the concept. By uh, by all means, more of that, please. Um, but uh, if I had one thing, I don't know about that Mojo thing, man. Mojo, I get, I get it. You know, Orton's cocky, and you're just really trying to, you know, the the big money matches. Wade Barrett at WrestleMania. Right. Uh, but even still, you know, it's okay. I, I do really like that uh, that whole uh, that whole process. I think that you took a unique approach that is different than what a lot of people would at least expect from the circumstance. You know, they're like, oh, you know, with the guys that WWE has, they'll you know they'll probably just give us the same thing over and over again. And you gave us something unique, something new, and something fresh that, if it were to happen, I think would be very interesting, especially guy like Wade Barrett. I mean, I've always loved Barrett, and I always think it was a shame that he was not world champion when he was in the company to begin with. And I think that if he were uh, able to get a get a to get his just due, and and have that run, it would be very nice, and uh, it would be very well deserved on his part because he worked hard while he was there. He got over uh, with several of his gimmicks. I mean, the Nexus was over, and unfortunately, WWE just kind of 
for lack of a better term, crapped the bed with with that gimmick. Um, right. But Bad News Barrett was so over. They should have capitalized. And if there was ever a time to put a... After the Nexus and the, in the early days of Wade Barrett, if there was ever another time to put the title on him, it would most definitely have been when he was Bad News Barrett in the early days of that gimmick. Because he was so over with the crowd, whether he was actually acting as a heel or a babyface, he would have connected and he would have been the right guy. It's just unfortunate that the Times saw a guy like Daniel Bryan rising to the top of the card, and Brock Lesnar and John Cena were right there, so, you know, wasn't a lot of room for a guy like Wade Barrett because they never built him that way. And so, unfortunately, when you don't build a star, you don't have a star. And to me, whatever you do, whether you go your way, my way, or the highway, you need to build new stars. And that's the only way the future stands any chance. Exactly, without a doubt. And, you know, the, re- the real reason why I picked Barrett to win was because I remember me and you talked about our favorite mid-card stars. And, you know, it was just, I feel like personally, I mean, I liked Barrett when he was the Intercontinental Champion. You know, he, he just held that title to a certain standard. So, you know, also hearing about how he was supposed to win the Money in the Bank and eventually win the world title but then those plans got scrapped. I feel like he was screwed so many times that this would have been redemption. Yeah, absolutely. Guys like him and Cody Rhodes are two guys who really had future world champion written all over them and absolutely should have been in the WWE because of their talent and because of the ability to connect with the crowd, especially Wade with the Bad News Barrett gimmick. That gimmick got so over. It's like you don't naturally see... So many gimmicks get over. Like, what, I'm and I'm not talking superstars and superstars characters because if you look at a guy like Daniel Bryan, his character got over. But right. the gimmick of being a guy who comes out on a gavel and this ridiculously tall podium to slam the gavel and say, "I'm afraid I've got some bad news." Well, you know, it's stupid on paper, but he made it hilarious. He made it entertaining. And if you can do that, and you catch my attention and the attention of the fans, that should be rewarded. And he should have been so much more than just the Intercontinental Champion. And it's so unfortunate that he never was. So if he were to ever get something like that to redeem that run and have his just due, I think that would be absolutely 110% well-deserved, and he should have that opportunity. While, While I don't necessarily believe that it would be the most likely of scenarios, I think that it would be a very entertaining one and one that would absolutely pique my interest if it were to happen. But that's the thing. I mean, overall, when you kind of talk about fantasy booking, you can go any which way you want with it. You can go the super crazy route, you can go the super safe route, or you could just go whichever, any any of the other in-between that are unique and I and, and you can, like... With way, the way I booked mine, for example, I probably could have changed the results of half of the matches, and it would still be, in my eyes, just as good. I think right. this is, or maybe not just as good, but like a step below. I think this is by far the best product that I think WWE can put out with the current guys that they have without really straying too far into the unknown with a guy like Wade Barrett. You know, not to say that he, I, again, I think that that's a very interesting concept, and I would love for that to actually be a thing. But with the guys that they have right now, and if you want to work with just that and the current like top of the card, those are your choices. This is, the, in my eyes, the best way that they could do it because 
it provides intrigue, it provides entertainment, it provides good wrestling, and it builds future stars. And those are the most important things in this, and I can't stress enough how important it is to build future stars. And I think we have the intention of, in the future, talking about... Um, uh, I think in the next episode we're going to talk a little more about build the building of future stars in comparison to the past and things of that sort. And we'll get into that in episode 11 in the, in the next in the next podcast episode. But overall, I think that if you can build new stars, that is, you've already done something right. And then everything else after that is the icing on the cake that you need to bake, in my eyes, for the wrestling business and for WWE in itself to succeed beyond the next 5-10 years. Because I'm telling you right now, 10 years from now, you can't pay Brock Lesnar and John Cena enough money to come back and have the best match of the night anymore. They might still be able to do it now, but 10 years from now, they can't. Randy Orton won't be able to. Edge won't be able to. You need guys like Roman Reigns, like Dominic Mysterio, like Buddy Murphy, like even Seth Rollins to man the ship and Drew McIntyre. Man the ship now. Start rising. That's what I say. Anything else you'd like to add, Angelo, before we wrap it all up here? I, I think, honestly, like even though this was a fantasy booking, I think that we both did, like, we, we both had similar um, things going on within the bookings, mm-hmm. but um, they were both interesting in their own respects. Absolutely. Yeah. So th- I, think, I think this was definitely a fun topic to cover over the past week. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of interesting thoughts. Uh, I had, you know, I had a lot of mixed feelings on on exactly how we would get to I knew my end goal was Keith Lee at WrestleMania, but getting there was the question, you know, how do you bridge from Randy Orton to to Keith, you know, and I wasn't certain if I wanted him to be the champ all the way through or not. And I think I think that between the both of us and the time we put in, we put out a very interesting set of circumstances and let's see how close to reality any of these are. I mean, you know, we can look back on this the week after WrestleMania 37, six months from now, and if it ends up being close, well, then we did something pretty interesting. And if it's far enough, far off, well, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it has been our astute privilege and pleasure to be with you for another edition of the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. He's been Angelo Belly. I've been your holla French toast host, Freddie Carlson. And we will see you next time. And always remember to like, share, and subscribe. And never be afraid to be a fan. See you later, everybody.